Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, you seen your boy Matt Thomas? Two threes against the Bulls? No, I was uh, at my friend's wedding. Love uh, watching people fall in love. Even after uh, your uh, divorce? Yo, come on, man. I'm the one that makes those jokes. All right, sorry, my bad. Pascal might be the best player on the team, but Kyle's still the most valuable. He was a culture builder here. The offense was reshaped in 2017 by Nick Nurse as the assistant. We're going to take a segment that we did last week and make it into a whole thing. Okay. The, uh, Asian parent expectation check. So early in the season, four games in, want to run through some of the players and, you know, have you grade them and, you know, kind of talk about how they're doing so far. First player, Kyle. You know, Kyle's been scoring at a really high rate so far this season. Missed, you know, most of training camp, all of that stuff. We were worried about how he was going to look coming into the season. What have you seen from Kyle that's been encouraging for you? I'm giving Kyle an A. Not an A plus because there are still things he can do a little bit better. But I'm giving him an A. I mean, realistically, he's averaging 22 points per game. His assists are back up to about seven per game. And the scoring is really huge. I mean, one thing that really stands out is the way he's attacking the basket, right? Like last season, he didn't have a single game where he averaged uh, more than 10 free throws. And already this season, twice, he's done it twice already with double-digit free throws. So I think Kyle, physically, I, you know, even by his own admission, he's not 100%, but uh, his play is already about as good as I can possibly expect from Kyle at this age. So I'm, I'm really happy with Kyle. And I think, you know, obviously we talk so much about Pascal being the number one option. Yep. All that stuff. Pascal might be the best player on the team, but Kyle's still the most valuable, and I don't think it's even close. You agree with that? Mm. I feel like I feel like when he's off the floor, yeah, it's pretty tough for the team. I, I can kind of see it, but I, I feel like Pascal's has been pretty valuable this year. You know, I feel like through the first four games, you know, just what he has shown on the offensive end, um, just you know, we saw all these summer videos mm -hmm. of him pulling these different moves. Yeah. And we're wondering when, when that's going to translate into the real games, right? I.e. Stanley Johnson. Um, All right. <laughs> but Pascal seems like, honestly, I'm ready to kind of raise the ceiling of what kind of player he can be. What are you grading him as Asian parent? You know what? I'm going to give him, even though he's averaging 27 points per this game. This guy's going to ask him to go to Kumon tomorrow. And four assists. Tough. Uh, I'm giving him an A-, minus, only in the sense that there's still things for him to improve. Like, realistically, if he can cut down on the turnovers a little bit, uh, it feels like right now he's not really handling double teams as well as you would like him to, and I think um, he could improve in these areas. I think he can really cut down on the fouls per game. I mean, he, you know, even admitted himself, he can't be uh, committing five fouls a game, basically, and jeopardizing his playing time. And if he cuts down those things, then, yeah, he's, he's, he's at an A-plus, because offensively, uh, in terms of raw production, it's been incredible. He's helping out on the rebounding, too. That's big. And... Um, yeah, I, honestly, I think he's met every single expectation. But having said that, it's still a minus because he can still improve. That's what being an Asian parent's about, is, is about wearing the minus. No, you got to keep raising the bar, right? Always, like, always. You come home with an 88. Yeah, it's not That's enough. That's basically a disappointment. That's just a lucky number, yeah. but it's not enough. OG and Obi playing like Scottie Pippen mm -hmm. on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. 
Was OG was the guy who came on media day and you know in his own dry way said, you know we're gonna repeat yeah. as yeah. champions, and now he's going out there and playing like a champion. Mm -hmm. um, what's your grade for him so far, and what have you seen from the defensive end? I think with in the case of OG, I'm giving him an A plus, um, and only because super super rare. It's yeah. relative to expectations, right? This is everything you ever wanted to see out of OG in terms of. He's hitting a three at a consistent rate. He's over 40% for the season so far. He's making good moves in terms of driving to the basket, uh, making good reads, playing off Pascal. Whenever Pascal gets doubled, it feels like OG's always cutting uh, down the lane for a two-handed dunk. And obviously the defense. I mean, the defense has been incredible, like you mentioned. I'm, I'm not saying he's Scottie Pippen level just yet, man. Yeah. Maybe you can but just like, chill about know, that. But Mr. 99.8 and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the last two games, six steals, six blocks. When do you even see that? No, it's... You know what I mean? That's so... It's, he's been incredible. He's been the team's best defender, and he fits the second lineup perfectly. And so, on that front, I got to say, OG Ananobi, A+. You're getting a new Xbox for Christmas. So, Dwayne Casey making his return to Toronto again this week. I feel like in light of the Raptors winning a championship, we should kind of put into context what Dwayne's years here and what it meant to the franchise. So, you know, I felt like we should add an extra member to this group. A third Asian? Our favorite honorary Asian, Blake Murphy from The Athletic. What up, Blake? What's going on? Thanks for having me yeah. on, guys. Yo. Great digs you got here. This is, I didn't bring a fruit basket, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah, Red Pocket would have done too, but you yeah. know, you're still learning to be an Asian, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. Was there, did the producers not have a big enough couch for us, or what's going on? Wow. No, Are being I'm too demanding of a talent right now? No, yeah. I want to be close to Blake. We also had to frame the shot so both of my and Will's heads can get in it. Yeah. Which wow. is a, a challenge, I'm sure. Wow. <laughs> so, here to talk about one of my favorite topics. I don't know if it's one of yours. Dwayne Casey. Mm. So. <laughs> is that one of your favorite topics? No, why not? Why, why are you here then? So, you know, the Pistons and the Raptors are playing this week. And, you know, Dwayne, obviously, everyone knows, had a very successful run here that was also marred by some playoff disappointments. And he was let go. Nick was hired. Kawhi came here. Raptors won the championship. So before we even get into like any of the specific things that Dwayne has said about the Raptors or about Nick in the past year, I'll ask you first, Blake, you know, in the context of this kind of six, seven year run that this Raptors have been on, how much credit do you think what Dwayne built here, how much credit do you think he deserves for the championship and the banner that the Raptors raised? I mean, I think he deserves a fair amount of credit for you know, laying the foundation, right? He was a culture builder here. When he came in, they were openly tanking. Uh, they changed management regimes. They had to build from the ground floor up. And he was a huge part of that. He was a huge part of getting the buy-in from Kyle Lowry, helping DeMar DeRozan develop, and, and getting the pieces to fit around those guys so that once they did hit the ceiling um, for that group, you know, they were in a position to strike on a Kawhi thing, on a coaching change to where it made a meaningful difference. Um, you know, he didn't, he had nothing to do with the 2018-19 team, but that foundation and that culture was there in part because of him. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, really the only thing you can knock Dwayne for for his tenure in Toronto is how the playoffs went because it felt like no matter how far they went, every single playoff series was more difficult than it felt like it needed to be. Like, I look back at the seven-game series against Indiana. I mean, it basically took a miracle by Norm Powell to get past that. And Frank Vogel. And Frank Vogel. Thank you for not playing your starters and Paul George. <laughs> um, and then same year, the, the Heat series, that was one of the ugliest playoff series I've seen, actually, in modern times. Uh, and then you even go forward in terms of, like, you know, the Cavaliers. Obviously, they were a better team than the Raptors. I don't think there was a real expectation to beat them. But to get swept essentially three straight times, I, mean, I know one time they took two games, but even LeBron said, you know, I've been in adverse situations. This is not one of them. 
it just always felt like in the playoffs, the Raptors would uh, really fall down one or two notches. And it really felt like, you know, in a couple of those series, the Raptors could have made better coaching decisions to sort of at least offset the difference between them and what their sort of expectation was. Start P.J. Tucker. Start P.J. Tucker a little bit earlier. Who knows? Maybe not a whole Lorenzo Brown fourth quarter. I don't start know. Tyler Hansbrough. Surprise, yeah. surprise <laughs> starter Tyler Hansbrough. Uh, John yeah. Salmons versus uh, was name, Joe Johnson. Yeah. I don't want to hear that name. <laughs> Do you think the criticisms about him and the Raptors' playoff performances and him taking a lot of blame, do you think that's fair? Do you think they're overblown? I mean, I think you, you're the head coach, right? It's, yeah. It ends with you. You have to take some of the blame, just like you'd get the credit when things went well. Um, he wasn't alone. You know, um, Kyle Lowry at times shot poorly. Usually still drove positive performance for the team. For sure. DeMar DeRozan, historically one of the biggest drop-offs regular season to playoffs of any player, you know, in, you use the term modern times. We'll say yeah. modern times. I wasn't watching basketball in pre-modern times. but yeah. Yeah. He was born um, in like 2000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't watch but, Vince Carter. Yeah. <laughs> no, Don't expose me, please. I love Vince and what he did in Toronto. That <laughs> <laughs> I watched but yeah, it's a shared, I mean, it's a shared blame just like it's a shared credit, right? I see a lot of the same plays that we ran for the last four or five years uh, being run, and so uh, not a lot of changes from that standpoint. We probably wouldn't be talking about this still if, you know, weren't for some of the comments that Dwayne has continued to make mm -hmm. whenever he's had a chance to talk about it. So I just wanted to pull up some of these comments that he's brought up. So most recently, he was talking to Michael Lee at The Athletic. And, you know, part of the quote that Dwayne told Michael Lee was that, you know, about the Raptors, you know, they were running the same offense, same defense, same philosophy, same things we built there for seven years, so it enthused me. Will, when you read that comment, what was your reaction? You know, it was funny because the rest of the interview, I thought Dwayne was pretty gracious and tried to take the high road. But I feel like this is sort of a pattern with Dwayne where he will say like 95% positive and nice things and then just like sneak in a little dig. Like, you know what? That actually was the same offense, same defense. If I had these players, I would have won the title too. Essentially, that was the connotation. And that's where I would think like, you know what? One of the biggest criticisms I had of Dwayne Casey was that in the playoffs, and just generally speaking, he was so much more in terms of I want to value stability and I want to value continuity, and he wasn't necessarily experimental. When you had to think on the fly, because in the playoffs, you got to think on the fly, you got to make moves. And it always felt like the Raptors were slow to make those moves. And I felt like that's something where, you know, it's not like Nick Nurse was uh, some sort of offensive genius or defensive genius, give the ball to Kawhi, let Kawhi <laughs> defend Giannis. I mean, you and I could have done that. But also at the same time, he came out with very out-of-the-box um, ideas like literally a box and one in the finals you know what I mean and these are kind of the things I felt like no it wasn't the same offense it wasn't the same defense I mean the really the offense was reshaped in 2017 by Nick Nurse as the assistant see I think to me it highlights what Casey's strengths and weaknesses are yeah. the fact that he looks at that entire season and playoff run and sees this was the base offense this was the base defense this bit of personnel changed it would have been the exact same if I was there you know, Dwayne was always a very good macro 82-game coach, but yep. you're missing a lot of nuance blocking it out Definitely. like that, and it's true. The offense that they turned, that they started using more of Nick Nurse's offense for a year or two earlier, true. The drop-back scheme and pick-and-roll to protect the centers, true. That was there when Dwayne is, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of other stuff going on there, and that's where I feel like Casey ran into a lot of, you know, I can manage this big picture super well, and right. then the small gaps in between is where he sometimes struggled. Last summer was you know, kind of a transition for the Raptors with Dwayne getting fired, DeMar getting traded, and there was, you know, a lot of hurt feelings. Maybe there's still hurt feelings with those. And, you know, one of the things Masai said 
after they won the championship was that he had a moment with Damar when he came back uh, as a San Antonio Spur last season. Yeah. Like they had an embrace in the locker room, you know, and kind of maybe diffuse some of those kind of bitter feelings. With Dwayne, it seems like, you know, the Raptors and Dwayne haven't kind of reached that point yet. Mm -hmm. um, do you think they'll reach that point or do you care whether they kind of, you know, eventually come to a thing? Yeah, I don't really care. Like, I hope that, like, at a more personal level that Dwayne's at peace with it and that his five-year, $35 million contract, that might be his last coaching gig at his age. You know, I hope that he finds peace within that. I don't think there needs to be some, like, grand mid-court handshake or, or ceremonial thing for Dwayne Casey or anything like that at this point. Um, I just hope more for him he comes to terms with I'm it. just saying, if, cool Ter with it. if Terrence Ross can get a video tribute, oh, he'll maybe get a, Dwayne he'll should get, get one, too. He'll probably get a video. Yeah. I think they're going to do a video for literally everyone. Yeah. Are they going to show the footage of Masai yelling at him again? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Blake, for um, coming on and dropping your knowledge. Everyone should check out his work at The Athletic. I use Will's login. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real fact. I yeah. have been subscribing for three years, at least. Yeah, so... Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, we would love to have you back on sometime. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. Once show proof of purchase, and I'll come back on gladly. So, we mentioned our free jersey giveaway last week. Yes. Uh, Keyshawn, I'm sorry we had to disqualify you. We found all the burner accounts that you tried to sign up for. He's got enough free stuff as it is Keyshawn, right now, man. Chill. You should see his free. Just hit up your Nike contact. You know Aaron. Um, so, you know, this jersey we're going to give away to uh, an Instagram account named Superbasm. Uh, we'll reach out to you, direct message you. Congratulations. Here, let me let me hold this yeah, thing. It's yeah, there beautiful. you go. Wow. Shout outs to Nike for the connection on that. Check out the We're proud when the, the when the Raptors are in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's right. Yeah. So. What do you think great. of the throwback jerseys in general? Oh, uh, you know what? That court is like beautiful. I feel it's like it added to yeah. the viewing experience by like. Yeah. Thirty percent. When you were thirty years old in 1995. Um, <laughs> Did you, did you love it? This is the same as you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went to game one with Nav. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Nav brought You and Nav, just there. Yeah. So thank you for watching Run It Back. Thank you, Blake, again for being on the show. Um, shout outs to my nephews. Tune in next week. We will be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.